0: As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514 488 3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, Please go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of the next move group we are jobs podcast I'm your host Chuck Sexton and I've been missing for a little bit we took December to replace some of the biggest hits of the year uh, for the podcast and do a couple other special things and now we're back in a new year it's 2023 I hope that the cobwebs are out of your eyes and out of your brains as uh, you spend a lot of time over the holidays enjoying time with family. Hopefully not drinking or eating too much, but at least enjoying yourself some. Uh, we're back today uh, here in the new year, and we've got Bruce Tachefman, uh from Research FDI uh, with us to talk about um, what 2023 could look like for a lot of us out here. So, Bruce, I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. This is our outlook and predictions for 2023. Thanks for being here, buddy. Chuck, how you doing? Happy New Year to you, buddy. How you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing good. I actually just got back uh, from a short miniature vacation uh, to the great, great world of Disney down in Florida. Oh. So <laughs> I've got cobwebs oh. in my brain. I, I I can still hear animatronic voices in my head singing crazy tunes.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be taking my five-year-old there in six weeks. So any recommendations you have for Disney are highly appreciated.
1: If you're going to Disney World, make sure you get the Genie Pass every morning uh before 7 a.m you buy it on the disney app and then at 7 a.m whatever park you're going to that day you can lightning lane get like fast pass for your ride that you want to go on if you don't do that most of those things are going to be two to three hour waits
2: all right i'm going to try to remember this and i'm going to tell my
1: wife at the end of this podcast and we're going to make that happen and honestly after the podcast if you need like details on all this Hit me up, because I'm going to tell you what to do. Because if you're going to Magic Kingdom, the most popular ride is a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and that thing will be three hours long unless you get a Lightning Lane pass. And it's fun. Your five-year-old will absolutely love it. It's a really cool ride. It's their newest one.
2: Well, often when I go to Disney, I'm often mistaken for one of the dwarfs, so I'm used to it. <laughs> so... Uh... <laughs> Don't say that about yourself. It's funny.
1: My daughter dressed as Alice when we were walking around Epcot for the day, and people kept stopping and taking pictures with her. She's 12 years old, but she's really tall. And like when we saw the real Alice, she was taller than the real Alice. It was funny. Uh, I I tried to drink around the world, but I couldn't. I only had a couple drinks. But there was a group of guys there who had T-shirts on that said, we're drinking around the world. And I would see them in every country we went by and they were getting drinks at every single one of them. And at one, I can't remember if it was, uh, Italy. It might've been Italy. A couple of the guys were like, we can't drink anymore. We can't do it. And they just started giving them hell. <laughs> I
2: can't believe you're bailing on this. This is our goal. We're going to drink the whole world. <laughs> mm.
0: so,
2: well, I, ho- I hope you're, <laughs> well, I hope you save some time, uh, actually for universal, uh, that universal walkway. I was there about six weeks ago on business and, uh, Uh, I was at a live live exchange event, and they had a karaoke evening, so I hope you save some time Uh, for that. uh,
1: I didn't go to Universal, but I may have done some singing on the bus. Uh, As a matter of fact, I started imitating the, uh, the person who talks on the bus to people, and everybody thought that it was the real Disney guy's voice talking. It was pretty fun. My kids really enjoyed that. I was giving wrong instructions to people and everything. I'm surprised I didn't get kicked out of the park, I'll be honest with you.
2: Well, maybe you did. Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably best to take this conversation offline, but I'll, I'll definitely hold you to those those Disney recommendations later. Yeah. So, look,
1: 2023 is here. Everybody's excited. 2022 was, a, was a, a crazy year. It just seemed like every week there was a new massive announcement that was happening somewhere in the United States. There were a lot in the southeast. You know, the Carolinas, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, just all over. Texas had huge announcements, too. Just all over the Southeast and up into the Midwest, a lot of announcements happened in 2022. So before we get into our predictions for 23, give me a recap of your thoughts on 22. Did did folks start recruiting more again in 22? Because I know things slowed down post-pandemic for 18, 24 months. So did you see that sort of increase in 22?
2: Yeah, great question. 2022 was absolutely a massive year. We saw 14% more projects compared to 2021. Uh, we identified three thousand projects in 2022 it was just a wow. really great year we We saw total payroll employment in the us uh, go up pre-pandemic level, a total adding a total of four point five million jobs. Uh, you see workforce continues to dominate as a major issue. ten million jobs are available in the us. It was just a massive like like you mentioned totally a, a, a completely massive year with a lot of industrial investment. Uh, we saw some challenges with class with class A office space technology positions, but It was absolutely a massive year for uh, industrial and manufacturing-related positions. So I would say it went back to normal a lot. You saw a lot of our clients traveling at the trade shows, uh, going to road shows. It really felt like the first normal year since the COVID pandemic hit us in 2020. Yeah, probably had more in-person
1: meetings going on from your side of things than virtual, finally, again.
2: Yeah, I saw a lot of the U.S. economic development people kind of getting sick of almost getting sick of virtual appointments, going really back to in-person uh, we had to still use virtual appointments. You know, people were still getting was getting sick with COVID. So it led to some meetings being rescheduled virtually. But really, uh, it was the first year that kind of people went back to how they were recruiting before.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. You know, we saw, you know, obviously a huge uptick in our site location contracts this year. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, they they increased even more in the back half of the year. Uh, and coming into 2023, uh, we've got several uh, that I think we're going to be pulling on board and uh, starting up towards the uh, second quarter, and then you know we'll have some announcements probably this quarter uh, from some that started um, late, you know late late half of last year. So it's been really interesting from our perspective as well on the site location side. Are you see, are
2: you seeing from the site selection side like we're seeing uh, in twenty twenty two? We saw shorter time frames, like companies having a project being much more serious about them executing faster. Are you seeing that on your end as well? So it, here's what's interesting. On the front end of our site
1: location projects, it's always now we 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 need to do this, make this decision in three to four months. Uh, they want a tighter schedules on the on the process. But, and and you know, economic developers out there are going to know this. A lot of times, you know, they'll hear, okay, this is a tight time frame. We're gonna be pushing, 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 then all of a sudden you're waiting. And a lot of that had to do with all the other announcements that we're having. So with a lot of our clients, it's been on the suppliers, the supply chain side for maybe EV or, or semiconductor stuff like that. And you would see these big announcements occurring and we're in the middle of the site location process for the supplier. And then you have another big announcement from possibly one of their other clients in another location, which then shifts the geographic search to a certain degree. And so then it extends the timeline a little bit. So all they though they're trying to move fast, they're also trying to be cognizant of their client base, these larger companies who are making these multi-billion dollar uh, investments and making sure that they're geographically central to them as much as possible. And so that changed a few items for us. Um, but, you know, on the whole, the timeframes have gotten tighter and tighter. And certainly the desire for a tight timeframe is, is, has been there for a while now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We saw lots of shorter time frames in 2022. Interesting to see if that happens in 2023. I know we'll get to that, but uh, it was certainly uh, a lot more action in 2022 than 2021. So that was certainly, uh, definitely uh, made going to work a lot more fun in 2022.
1: You know, my next question, you, you kind of answered a little bit already. You kind of touched on it, but I was kind of curious if, if private companies seemed more eager to meet with economic developers last year than, than years prior.
2: Like I mentioned, we, we uncovered 14 percent more projects than last year. Um, companies uh, were willing to meet with economic developers at their offices, both domestically and internationally. But we, we felt that they were, when they would take on these meetings, that there was a reason they would take on these meetings. That not as many tire kickers as years past. When these meetings took place, there was a reason for them. They were much more serious. We'd have higher level people in the meeting. So it, you know, people were just meeting people in person just to meet them, which was nice. Even in countries where you know, people are more polite, you know, like like India, where people would take these kind of meetings. I, we felt people were much more serious and, and had direction going into them. So I felt people were much more interested in meeting with economic developers last year than they may have been in 2021 and definitely in 2020. Yeah. Same on our
1: side, you know, from site selection side, it seemed like, um, you know, more of the prospective companies out there that we reach out to or, you know, come to us organically. Um, you know, they were much more eager to uh, set up meetings and talk about things and go through the process and really dive deep into what the process looks like. And, and you know, a lot of that has to do with planning. We had, a, we had so many, again, the back half of the year that, you know, we've met with who are going to want to kick off in 23. And so, uh, and I think that's a good segue into talking about 23. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
0: I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best Buildings and Sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my Buildings and Sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, paducah bordered illinois and was within 30 or so miles of missouri indiana and tennessee so what sense did it make for me to not put my bills and sites on a nationwide database well lois does that for you looking back i should have put my bills and sites on lois it's also easy to use for an economic developer it's just like using facebook it walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth and the thing i like most it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites, databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo and see if this can help your community have more success.
1: Do you think companies are gonna be making moves like they did in 22 in 23 uh like the same pace as last year
2: or yeah i just want to have one more thing about 2022 then we'll, we'll turn the page into 2023 yeah. i think i think the big thing is we have to remember that people in 2020 put a lot of the a lot of companies put their projects on hold so we have to keep in mind that the, a lot of the funnel from 2022 i don't know if you're seeing that on your side but a lot of that funnel really bubbled up in 2022 so i think i think we're benefiting from that a little bit you know going into 2023 uh, we're, we're gonna face some challenges you know obviously you know, the war between Russia and Ukraine enter is going to enter its second year, uh, which is causing issues in, in the European market. Um, in, inflation continues to be an issue, uh, not just in the U.S. or Canada, but around the world. Um, And obviously, there's concerns about the global economy. So, you know, so in 2023, you know, are those timelines still going to be short term? Are we going to enjoy the same success that we did in 2022? So what we're projecting here at Research FDI, we're making a projection that the, the economy will enter a A mild to moderate recession that will last between around now, the next few months, for six to seven months. We anticipate a short, uh, moderate recession, and then eventually the U.S. economy, the worldwide economy will kind of kick out of it around late summer of 2023. We think it'll be a short, um, short recession. What are you guys thinking? What is the next group projecting
1: in that Uh, that sense? Similar. I don't think it'll be six to seven months from now. Uh, I think we've been in the recession for a little bit. Some of the same reasons you're, talk, you're talking about, obviously, the, the disruptions and issues in Europe, uh, also inflation. Uh, but these interest rate spikes are also going to cause a problem. And I think it's going to also cause a shift in some of the incentive asks. Um, I've seen that already with a couple of our projects where, uh, you know, if a company's not going to pay cash for machinery, for example, they're going to look for incentives that are around low interest loans. Uh, so that they can get you know below prime um, uh, interest rates on machinery purchases, stuff, stuff like that. So you're going to see some shifts in those asks. I think there's potential for a pullback on projects for maybe four to five months rather than six to seven. And the reason I say that is because the construction for all these major projects that are going on, that's going to continue to push forward. And a lot of the projects that we've seen in 2022 and the planning for 23 have been based, a lot of them have been based around the supply chain for those. So I think the supply chain at the very least uh, for uh, you know the EV market, um, the semiconductor market, and some of these, um, even the raw materials markets uh, that have been growing, uh, I think those projects are gonna kind of have to you know grit their teeth and bear it through uh, this recession and maybe even spend a little more, more money than they were planning on on construction materials or whatever. To get things started because the other thing that we're seeing out there is a lack of of good available industrial space uh good and prepared properties build ready type properties because that's what people are looking for again because of short time frames and because there's a lack of that inventory out there you know there's a lot of folks who want to sort of plant their flag and say well this is ours we're going to go ahead and stake our claim on this nice piece of property before it gets taken up by another project because project activity is, is as high as it is. So um, I do think that when the construction really ramps up again uh, as we move into spring, that can kind of help ease this recession and pull more projects into the market. But I do agree that we're going to, I think, probably see more the back half of 23 than we do in the first half of 23.
2: Yeah, like, um, are we going to be having conversations in April with companies, say, domestically or internationally? Are they going to tell us they want to put their plans on hold or extend their time frames? That's my only concern that we might be sitting in the you know April, May, and companies will want to kind of be a little hesitant. That might cause a disturbance. So we may not have a year like 2022. I hope I'm wrong. We'll see where we are in a couple of months. You know, some of the surveys I've seen of executives
1: uh, have shown um, that the capital investment anyway, maybe not the number of projects, but the capital investment is going to be somewhere around 60 to 65% of what it was in 22. Um, But even still there's, you know, the companies who are planning on making capital investments in 23 uh, are going to be spending, um, you know, you know, 25% more than they did last year. So uh, again, there's, there's industries out there, I think that are going to going to grow and, you know, from your perspective, I guess, and what you're seeing right now as you are doing planning for a lot of your clients. Uh, what industry sectors do
2: you think are going to be making the most moves in 23? Oh, yeah, it's great, great question. I think we're still going to see a lot of activities in EV batteries, semiconductors. You know, we, you mentioned supply chain. I think that that'll still be a major focus. Uh, you look at, you know, at, I, we think there'll still be major investment from Taiwan, especially in the semiconductor space. I, I think food food processing will be very safe industry you know especially the you know, people still need to eat so there'll still be a lot of strong food processing projects in 2023 clean energy wind solar uh that that could be quite big so those are some of the sectors we anticipate to grow in 2023 um yeah what do what, what you what are you thinking on the, on the on the site selection side
1: yeah i agree with you um the, all those sectors uh, and then there's going to be some niche companies that are going to be uh, making some moves and trying to expand their production capacities that relate to, you know, the construction boom that, that's going on in the industrial sp- space right now. We've got a client uh, who makes the roofing materials for commercial industrial buildings. And, you know, a lot of that is imported uh, in the United States and they're a domestic manufacturer. And so they obviously have had an uptick in orders because of, again, supply chain disruptions, and they see a chance to take a larger share of that market. And a matter of fact, we'll be doing site visits. I'll be doing site visits in six states this month on our site selection projects. And, uh, you know, one of those is, is that company in particular. So, you know, all the companies you said, plus maybe some niche industries here and there.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe also some growth in the biotech space as well. Pharmaceuticals, I feel to mention that, but I think that'll grow as well. Yeah, I've
1: started to see, I've actually started to see some movement in that sector. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, And I think that could be interesting. Um, Although on medical supplies, not as much as it was in 2020 and 21 maybe. That's gonna reduce a little bit.
2: Um, I hope hope we don't have to have a growth in that sector. That'll probably be another pandemic. Let's hope we don't go there. I've seen all these memes about people who don't have
1: COVID, but you know, their whole family's been coughing for three weeks. And so there's, there's always something that's happening. It seems like, um, what about FDI? What do you think, uh, what are your thoughts on on foreign direct investment and do you think those investments will increase uh, in the U
2: S in 23? Yeah, you look at the U S it continues to be the dominant destination for FDI. So right now the U S enjoys, uh, 11.3% of all global FDI, um, in, in the world. So I, I think the US will maintain its top spot in FDI. And we're looking I think the US is looking at investment from the following countries to stay strong. You look at the UK, Germany, France, Canada, the Netherlands, South Korea, and Japan as being countries that will continue to invest in the US. And we mentioned Taiwan, I think Taiwan will continue to be a strong investor in the semiconductor space. We think those countries will continue to be strong investors in the US. So no no surprise there. But we're looking at we're looking at some wild cards of Turkey, Israel and Australia as being wild cards next year as areas that will invest in the U.S. What do you what do you see on your side? Well, I agree. But I think, you know,
1: and, and a lot of site selectors are saying this right now, you know, outside of Canada, obviously, because uh, I think a lot of Canadian companies are trying to break into the U.S. I think from an FDI perspective, that's probably one of the better places for folks to recruit from uh, or to recruit uh, companies, go and meet with folks in. Um But when you talk about the UK and the Netherlands and France and Germany and and Japan, South Korea, I I think there's going to be competition across North America, Um, you know, because a lot of those companies are looking at, okay, we need to get into the North American market, but maybe not necessarily United States. And so there's going to be competition between the US and Canada, but with Mexico.
2: And yeah, I'm, so- glad you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned Mexico to interrupt. I'm glad you mentioned Mexico. We expect Mexico to have a, a huge year. We, we think it competes yeah. compete strongly with the U.S., especially for those near-shoring opportunities. Uh, we, think, we think Mexico is, is primed you know, to, to compete. I think uh, the U.S. MCA allows certain uh, concessions to Mexico where it could compete in the automotive space. We think Mexico will have a, a big part in supply chain and will we'll compete with the U.S. Obviously, the U.S. will still get its fair share, but we think U.S. and Mexico will go head head quite a bit on some projects. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, there's there's some border communities there in Texas uh, who do a really great job of sort of co-recruiting with uh, Mexico. And um, I, I would be interested to maybe have, you know, have a talk with some of them uh, as we go through the year as well to see what they're seeing uh, down there on the border. So um, what else? What Any other crazy predictions for 23? Maybe it could be even outside of uh, the realm of economic development projects, if you have any predictions for 2023. <laughs>
2: i right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a massive prediction, and I wasn't sure I was gonna share this on the podcast, but I'm gonna share it right now. TCU will defeat the Georgia Bulldogs tonight in the college football championship. What? You heard me here. Massive prediction to start off 2023. TCU <laughs> will defeat the Georgia Bulldogs tonight, and they will become the national champions. Well, it's funny. I
1: mean, when this airs on Thursday, we will know for sure if you were right or not, but. Uh... Gosh, I don't know. Uh, oof. Uh, that's a that's a bold prediction, Bruce. <laughs> right here on the first. Could you edit this out if it doesn't happen? No, we are not editing it <laughs> out. You're sticking to your guns, TCU. And here's what's going to be great, is if they win tonight, uh, when this airs Thursday, everybody's going to say, Bruce is the smartest man on the planet. We should have listened to him all along.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or they will say, we will not take college football gambling advice from Bruce ever.
1: I think, uh, you know, on college sports, basketball wise, um, my, my Wildcats have not been looking great. They got hosed by Alabama (laughs) this past weekend. And so I was really hoping that they would have a, have a good year. I do think that they have the ability to pull it together, but they're not looking great. I do enjoy the fact that sec college basketball is looking great this year as a whole. Um, there's some really, really great teams in the sec this year. So we always get uh, as a UK fan, uh, all these other conferences always say, "Well, UK does well because the SEC is just a, a, a terrible basketball conference or a football conference." Well, not this year, not this year, folks. So, uh, at any rate, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, conference tournaments and basketball and March Madness. And to me, football's over with; it's it's, it's gone. Even with the the championship game tonight, I, I won't even probably won't even watch it. Probably won't even turn it on.
2: So. Well, listen, we'll see if TCU pulls it out tonight. Uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Um, any any final questions before we wrap up? Uh, what is the next conference you're going to be at? All right, so next conference, I'm actually going to be in St. Thomas, Ontario. where we're, uh, uh, we're, we're sponsoring the Sports Spectacular, which is actually a fundraiser for the Special Olympics, so we're going to be having some sports celebrities. We're having uh, Doug Gilmore, Santonio Holmes is coming, Willie Rove, uh, Ally some some hockey celebrities, some football celebrities. Uh, We're having uh, the Mountie Jacques Rougeau. We're having a lot of sports celebrities come into St. Thomas, Ontario, to promote, to help raise funds for the Special Olympics. Then uh, from there, I'm going to be at IDC leadership in Tucson, Arizona. And after that back in Ontario for the Ontario economic development conference. Then after that, I'm going to be going to the site selection guild in San Antonio, Texas. What about you? Uh, Right now uh, it looks like I'll be with uh
1: meet the consultants down uh, with SEDC uh, potentially. And then uh, um, we have a couple of other state conferences that we are working on right now, going back and forth on scheduling and making sure, cause you know, we travel so much with, with site selection work and the strategic planning that we're doing with clients. We, you know, clients come first, but if we get a chance, we try to uh, go to as many conferences as possible. I will say, this is my prediction for 23, uh, we're we're making concerted effort to be involved with more conferences this year uh, than we ever have been in the past. So my prediction will be you will see someone from Next Move Group uh, at more conferences this year going forward. So we're trying to get all that uh, worked out on our calendars now. So,
2: well, that'll be more karaoke evenings
1: for all of us, <laughs> right, <laughs> man? Well. Uh, maybe we should do a special podcast episode just about karaoke
2: one of these days. What about a, a live karaoke podcast episode? What do you think? You think we'll get good oh, ratings? For that or will that-
1: I don't know. That could that could make people just unsubscribe immediately. <laughs> it just depends. Right. <laughs> we don't want to offend anybody either. So, but look, uh, we'll we'll put this out there. If if you want to hear some good karaoke, uh, try to to grab a, your uh, a ticket to a conference where Bruce and I were both going to be there. Because then we're just we're gonna sing our hearts out uh, somewhere at that conference. We'll we'll make that prediction for twenty three as well.
2: <laughs> I think that's a pretty safe prediction. And I want to wish all the listeners of this podcast a very happy new year and looking forward to seeing you guys on the road.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate you joining me, buddy. Thanks, Chuck. Take it easy, buddy. Yeah.